Hello, you guys. It's Simone Faith here at One Stop Beauty Supply located in Moyoc, North Carolina. Today, I'm going to be talking about um, running and opening your business versus your nine to five job. Um, is there one that's better than the other or what? That's pretty much it in a handbasket. I want to tell you guys to start off, there are pros and cons about both. Um, if you're a person who go to work, whether you work 8 hours, 12 hours, 16 hours, if you are a person that goes to work, the pros for you right now is you're going, you're getting paid, you know, you kind of know if you work this many hours, this is what you're going to get. If you work under the hours that you need, you know, your money is kind of steady. You know, you know that if you work over hours, how much you're going to get. And if you and if you work your same hours, you know what you're going to get. And you know that if you take some days off, you kind of know what your paycheck is. Um, and working for somebody else, you have to be there to make that money. You know, you can't send nobody in your place to make your money. So to me, there's pros and there and there's cons. When I work for somebody else, I think the best pro was the 401k, the medical benefits that I had. And um, I worked my, my last job before I opened up my own shop. Um, they donated to the 401k whether or not you put anything in it so that was really great for me my cons in working for somebody else is uh our salary so when your salary you go in as early as you have to and you stay when everybody else is already home with their family um you're responsible for everything. You're responsible for the good and the bad. So if things fall awry, you're responsible for it. Um, somebody call out sick, you and if they tell you to come in, you coming in. Um, if money come up missing, you're responsible. You know, in certain situations, I remember working at uh, Rite Aid, and this was in California. And one of my store managers, he would always try to help the girls. Like if they came up short on their tills and their registers, he would always like take money out of his pocket to keep from um, having to send forms in to HR about how come we were short or to tell his district manager this and that. By all standards, he was an excellent manager. I mean, he was an excellent manager. He really cared about his people and the people loved him. Well, I was really new to Rite Aid as an assistant manager, and I will never forget, I wasn't even there three months. The guy had had his job about 26 years, and they came in and fired him because he was taking money out of his pocket to help the company. So in the company's eyes, you were probably stealing, but they wasn't looking at the grand scheme of things. Um, If you're listening to me and you work retail, most people know who work retail is a high turnover, especially with managers now. Not too many places have managers that's been there 30, 40, 50 years. I mean, managers are dropping off like cheeseburgers. It's just incredible. That was one of my real wake-up calls because I knew then that you're you're expendable. It doesn't matter who you are. You know, you could have your job and that's it. Tomorrow, you cannot have a job. So I learned the hard way and I saw a lot more cons than it was pro. Um, 
And in my last job, being a salary person, um, they don't care uh, if you have a lot of help to do your job. I've noticed a lot of times managers and workers, we're doing the job of two and three people, but we're not making that that two and three people pay. You know, if we're completely honest with each other, whoever is listening to this right now, you go into work, we're making between $8 and maybe $15. I mean, there's always people making 20 and 30, but I'm saying, I'm talking about the people um, the people who keep these people businesses running, you know, the people where you go buy your hamburger from, um, the person that's in retail where you buy your shoes from. Do you guys know that when you go in most shoe departments and you purchase your shoes, a lot of those um, cashiers and stuff, they're working on commission. They get paid $7.25 plus commission. So their commission is what pays their bills, just like a waitress. When you go to eat somewhere and you know, if your food came up to fifty, sixty, or a hundred dollars, and all you want to leave the waitress is two dollars, most of them that is how they pay their bills based on your tips because hourly they're making like three twenty five maybe four dollars an hour, so everything is based on tips, so the majority of the world is in poverty now, if you're listening, you're probably saying well if if a lot of people are living in pro- poverty, won't people try and open up a business because people are afraid they are afraid, you know they feel like at least I have a job and it's paying me some money when you open up a business, you may make no money. I'm being honest, I haven't even been in business a year. Nope, all the money that I make it goes back into the store. Everything goes back into the store. Um, I can see where uh, when I first opened, all we made was $500 for a month. And remember, we opened in July. You know, the pandemic pandemic was in full force. We didn't have a lot of people coming in. Marketing didn't matter. People didn't want to come out their house. They simply didn't. Everybody was afraid of everybody. If you went somewhere and somebody sneezed, you typically walked in the opposite direction because, you know, The media had pumped us with fear. So everybody was living in fear. Well, we've only been open, you know, six, seven months, eight months. In July, we'll make a year. But we've crossed that threshold a lot of times. So I know that people are afraid to try and venture out on their own. This is why I tell people, start an online business then. Start an online business. And the energy that you have to watching TV shows and, you know, all these things on TV and, you know, and just watching crazy movies and stories and whatever you're watching, use that energy and find you a way to have a little bit more income. If you don't want a brick and mortar, no problem. I mean, a lot of brick and mortars are dying and it depends on what business you're in anyway. And online is the way to go. Like even if you have a business, you need an online presence. So look into opening up a business online. Start there. Start there. Um, There's a young lady who works at the DMV right um, here next door to me. And she works at the DMV five days a week. And she has an online business. And she's made $10,000 in her online business for her first year. Now, for a lot of people, $10,000 isn't anything. But let me tell you guys, $10,000 along with having a nine to five, that's good. Because that allows you to call 
out of work and not worry about missing your little $60 for that day or your $40 for that day. But once they take out taxes, maybe you're going to bring home 30 bucks. So I'm just going to be honest with you guys. Do something that's going to give you more money in your pocket. And if you don't want to do an online business, go to some of these um, pop-up shops. You know, if you any type of an artist or you can create some things, then go somewhere where they have these pop-up shops, a flea market. Find a way to bring in additional money. Don't sit and keep waiting for the government to give you a stimulus check. Because at the end of all these stimulus checks... We're going to owe a lot of money back to the government. You guys have to know that. You know, nothing is free. I don't care how it's coming across. Nothing is free. The IRS is going to look to get their money back in one way or another. So you, you guys know how I talk. I jump off topic a little bit. So those, to me, it's more cons than working for somebody else than it is pros you know for me really the only real pro was the 401k and some benefits and that's if you can get it because the benefits are so expensive a lot of people don't even have medical a lot of people don't even put their money in 401k and before i tell you about the business side you guys if you are at any job right now and they offer 401k get into it invest your money in some in the 401k because sometimes we say we're going to quit a job or it's only temporarily and we end up being there five, six years and never put in money in a 401k. I don't care if all you put is $10 a month, $50 a month, invest in a 401k. Some of you guys listening to me, your jobs offer 401k and you don't want them taking no money out your check. You have no idea how that is wonderful for them to take this money out your check and match it. So I'm just going to tell you guys that again, if your job offers 401k, get into it. All right. Now let me tell you about the, um, wait a minute, guys, you know, when I'm talking, it's so early in the morning, Whew, I have dry mouth. Let me drink some of this, um, Dr. Pepper. One second, guys. All right. I'm back. Let me, go, let me tell you guys about the benefits and cons of opening your own business because there are cons. For me, you guys know I own a beauty supply. The cons is you are at the mercy of people coming in your hair store. People don't need hair every day. They simply don't need hair every day. You're just at the mercy of people coming into your store because everybody don't need braiding hair every single day. But there are people all around your community, if they know you there, people need to shop every day. So don't just depend on regular people. Also go to the beauty salons where you know that they need products every day, every week. They need products from your store. Get yourself out there. If you're one of those people and you're really shy, and you kind of, you know, you don't have it in you to walk up to people and shake their hand and put your business card in their hand. Media is wonderful. You know, find the salons that is in your area. Um, go online, look for their email and send them a personal email. Send a personal email to the owners. I mean, that's perfect. Introduce yourself with a smile through email. Let people know that that you are there and if um they have items that they're looking for that's hard to find, you can get it. 
This is one of the cons, though, is getting out there, meeting people, and, you know, um, hoping people are just going to walk in your store. Now, word of mouth is big. I'm going to tell you, I live in a small community. Word of mouth has been big for me. That still, to me, is the best form of marketing. If people come into your store and you have great customer service and you're willing to go above and beyond for that person, that person is going to tell somebody. And then that somebody's going to come in. I have people driving 30 minutes to an hour from where they live just to come to my beauty supply. Some of it is due to me, but a lot of it is due to my customers who come in and tell somebody who tells somebody who tells somebody. So word of mouth is still huge. And if you have great customer service, people will come. But, but you cannot sit back and act like if you open and you had products, people will come. No. So another con to me is I open up solo. So if you don't have a staff, like most new businesses, some have a staff, but I'm talking about like uh, a few of us don't. The mom and pop shops, they're ran by family. So a lot of us don't have staff. So you have to get out there and market and you have to get out there and market 24-7. You can't just market here and there. No, this is a daily job. This is a beast and you have to market. Um, it's a con because if you work for a big retail, they have people who do all the marketing. They, you know, and they have enough dollars to pay for commercials and TV ads and put it in print. When you're a new business, you don't. Every dollar matters when you're a small business. I mean, every dollar has to be um, allocated somewhere. Like you have to know where did that 20 go? Where did that 50 go? Okay, if I'm giving $400, am I am I getting the most for this money? You know, what kind of bang am I getting? This is this is the truth. You know, uh how much am I going to market or 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 you know, how many people is this going to bring in to my business? That's another problem when you are a small business. Now that doesn't mean you can't grow big because a lot of people who are already big, they started off small. But this has to be something that you constantly work at. You can't come to your own business, treat it like a nine to five and go home and shut your mind off. You can't do that. I mean, how many of us work for people um, and you're a supervisor and you're in your bathtub, you're at home, you're at your kitchen table, you're reading stuff, preparing for the next day, or you're, you're sending paperwork out. So many times when I was at Goodwill as a assistant manager, mercy, okay, I worked hard all day and then I still came home with my family and was working even in the after hours. So that's the same energy, guys, you have to put into your own business because businesses run 24 hours now. With the, with the invention of online, you can have an automated business where you're making money in your sleep. It runs 24 hours. So you guys have to be prepared uh, for this new thing. Another con for me is... There's no mentor. Like, you know, I see all these people, but I want somebody to be in my neighborhood or close to my neighborhood where I could knock on the door and say, hey, how did you do it? What did you do? You know, there's no mentor and there's not a slew of black people 
where I live that's saying, hey, I'm, I'm happy for you. Let me show you how to make a little more money or let me show you how to get a little more traction. But what there is, where there is help for um, business owner is I found in the SBA, the Small Business Association, I am able to get on a lot of classes. They offer a lot of free classes there for free where you could zoom through and you could learn quite a bit. And that's pretty much have been how I really got my foot in the door. Um, YouTube. YouTube is awesome. You know, because there's so many people, even though black, there's not a lot of black people in my area, there's black businesses all online who, where their doors are just wide open to help entrepreneurs, whether you young or older, is so many doors available. But it is still a con because most big businesses, they've already been mentored. That's how they they have grown. They've already secured loans or how whatever they did. They've already did all of the dirt the dirty work. Um what is a pro open up business? It's nothing, you guys listen to me. It is nothing like having your own business. Because you are able to kind of merchandise it the way you want to. You could pretty much run it how you want to run it. Um, you could decide to have no exchanges, no refunds, no matter what. You don't have to um, be the person who, who who say, okay, when you buy something, if you decide you don't like it, come back and exchange it. No. And let me tell you one of the reasons. Let me just break off you guys and tell you this. In my business... There's no refunds, no exchanges. And this has nothing to do with the pandemic. I am a beauty supply. I am a beauty supply. I grew up shopping at beauty supplies. And in California, they used to have that. No refund, no exchange. Because when you come out, can you imagine how many times a day you would be exchanging the color of people's hair, the product they buy? I had a lady um, just yesterday... Um, she bought a slew of things from my store and she lived in my neighborhood. So I was able to see her and she is a Caucasian lady. And, and I say that cause this plays a factor in what I'm getting ready to tell you. And she told me she liked all the products that she bought from my store, but she bought some flat irons and she said the flat irons did not straighten her hair. So my first question was, well, were they broke? Did um they get hot? Did it come on? She said, Oh, they got extremely hot. They just didn't work for my hair. Now, I'm listening to her and I have no idea why they didn't work for her hair. You know, I see her hair texture. You know, you know, there's different products that you can use to uh, make it straight. But I have no idea. And then she recanted that statement and said, well, you know what? It did straighten my hair. But 15 minutes later, my hair went back frizzy. So that doesn't mean the product didn't work maybe you need some different product in your hair to straighten it but can you imagine she was like but i don't have the box or i would have returned it well even if you return it to me in the pandemic i can't resell it i have to take a loss write it off at the end of the year i guess i have to get rid of it. i have to throw it away i can't just uh resell it but i am also a small beauty supply i don't have the luxury of refunding every single client because they don't like it i don't have the the option to just um exchange everything you know you buy it well i'm losing money i'd be losing money at a vast 
at, at, at a vast pace if I exchange people every single day. Now, I don't really have that problem in my community. Most of the people who come into my beauty supply, they pretty much know what they're looking for. They buy the same thing consistently. They don't stop buying uh, their stuff. But my policy is no exchange, no refund. And one of the reasons, guys, that I pick that policy is when I was the assistant manager at Goodwill, we would let people exchange stuff. And let me tell you, I worked at Goodwill for years. People would come and exchange the bras, um, the panties. They would get home and say the um, the pants are too tight. Now, keep in mind, you're paying like $5 for a pair of pants. So, you know, go re-donate them. And it was constantly, people would say all kinds of stuff. As soon, as soon as they got home, some people would wait 30 days and come back and say, oh, well, the vacuum don't work. And this is at a used store. So for some of you guys who don't know, Goodwill is a thrift store. They get some new stuff, but most of the stuff is used and nobody know how it works. Our return and exchange was so bad at Goodwill that we had to start writing as is and taping it on there because then you bought it at your own risk we can't guarantee anything here i don't do any refunds any exchanges now there is some rules to that because if you have a customer who's been coming to you for years and years well you don't want to run them away but my signs are posted everywhere when you walk in those are my signs and i don't take checks you guys that's another thing that I think is really good about owning your business because you can kind of make the decisions when I worked for somebody else they wrote checks because for them all money was good money but what made me not take any checks is again I talk about Goodwill because, you know, the time that I was there, we did take checks and a lot of people checks bounce at this last um, place that I was at. We took checks and a few people checks bounce and I mean, it bounced for like $10. So then, you know, you got to pay this $25 fee on a check that somebody bounced on you. You don't know if you ever see them again. And, um, the place that I last worked at had like a, a old school system. We didn't even have a check verifier. So we was really at the mercy of the people. So no, that's some of the things that you can do in your business that you can't do in a major business. That is what I like. Another pro for me is I am able to refuse service. You know, um, that was really big for me because some people walk in your store, they cuss you straight out. I mean, cuss you, slam out, talk to you crazy, come in the very next week. And you know, this person have just cussed you out and you still have to pretend like everything's okay. And if they get mad again, they threaten you again. I also had the people who, who would threaten us with the managers. You know, if they didn't like something you did, they told your manager. So you almost had to play nice because the people knew your superiors and maybe them and them and your superiors went back 30 years. That was some of the obstacles I faced at the last job too. I mean, any little thing you did, if they didn't like it, they went to your superiors. What I like about being my 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 own boss is I have the right to refuse service. I don't have to allow you to come into a business that I'm building from the ground up, cuss me out, talk to me crazy and have no respect. I have every right not to have you in my business. 
Um, I've seen a lot of people go through that in the business and all they do is tell their employee, walk to the back, the manager ring them up, that same person keep coming back into the store. You know, it's almost like um, we value the customers more than our employees. And this is my personal take on it. Customers are definitely important. I mean, without customers, you can't get a check. But without your employees, you can't run a successful business. So to me, it has to be a fine balance. It has to be a fine balance. Because if all of your employees walked off because they're getting treated badly, then what customer is going to help you out for free? Until you can find somebody else. At the same token, you don't want an employee just cussing out a customer. But it has to be a fine balance. And everybody has to work that balance out for themselves. So some of those are pros. Another pro for me and my business is there is no glass ceiling. It's how much work I'm willing to do. That's the truth. I remember working at Goodwill, you guys, and when I came in, when they first hired me or when I went over there as a supervisor before I became an assistant manager, that they were a million-dollar store. Within a year, myself and maybe three or four other managers turned the $1 million store into a $2 million store. It was insane. And I mean, we worked hard. It was sometimes I left. I was so tired. All I can do was throw myself on my sofa when I got home. So to me, it's the work that you're willing to put into your own business but there's no glass ceiling i mean the money you make is because you out there really hustling but you're hustling for you and your family the same hustle you do when you go to a job um another pro i like about it is i don't have to be here i could easily hire somebody to be here and i could do something else at a job In order to make that money, I have to be there. It's my social security number. I have to be there. So that's a, that's a con for me because if you don't go to work, you can't make no money. You know, I can hire somebody to run my business and I don't have to be there. I could be the person doing other things, trying to figure out how to get more grants, more, more loans, more this, more that. Right now, I'm the person doing all of it because it doesn't make sense for me to hire somebody and I don't have to right now. But I think within the next six months, I will have to because my business has grown that fast. You know, it it grew faster than I imagined. I always assumed I'm in a new business. You know, it's probably going to take me two years to really get up. No, it's not, you guys. As I tell you guys on any of my videos, when I started, I had just braiding hair and I only had about maybe 30, 40, maybe 50 different colors. I had no crochet hair. I had no wigs. Um, I had some product, not nearly not nearly close to what I have now. I didn't have displays of makeup. I just didn't. Um, I had a few clothes. I had no shoes. My my inventory has almost tripled. I mean, and I can't make this up. And anybody in the beauty supply business who started, they know. It almost tripled. I don't have any terms or anything. So everything that I've purchased, um, I own it. For all the wig heads, everything. Um and I'm still a small business. Like compared to the beauty supplies that's out here. Oh man, I'm like a midget. Okay. I'm like the midget in the family, but it's okay because I own everything in the store and we have grown um, super. I'm going to put up pics, you guys, um, of the beginning when I first opened up and I'm going to put up pics so you guys can see the difference. It's like night and day. 
It's insane. And what I am utilizing is every inch of my space because every space in your business, you guys, where you can see the wall, that's a potential for you to make money. That's a square area for you to put something there to make money. When you walk in um, the Asian stores, they use up every square inch. They don't have room in a store for anything. They use up everything because when you come in there, they want to make sure you leave out with something. It has to be something that you like in that store. Something doesn't matter what it is. They use up every inch. And if I didn't take anything else from them, I took that and whatever they're able to sell in their store, they do. I don't care what it is. If they're able to sell purses, they're going to sell them shoes, um, any type of clothing. They're going to sell everything they can hats, um, Everything with beauty, and I do the same thing. There is no glass ceiling. The glass ceiling is you. When you work for somebody, there is a ceiling. I don't care if you make 250000 for your level. That's it. That's it. You can't go no higher. When I was assistant manager at Goodwill, they was doing store managers, but you had to wait like a year or two. And it was kind of cutthroat. You know, they kind of got rid of the underperforming managers. Even if you've been with the company a few years, it was kind of cutthroat. But once you hit store manager to become a district manager, a lot of store managers was in place years, years. It's insane. It's insane. And once you hit district manager, okay, it's either HR, district manager, and that's it. Because everybody else was in place for years. And at Goodwill, they, they kind of already know who they're going to pick anyway. So you can have all the talent in the world and still not get picked. I experienced that. Luckily, where I was, I did keep moving up. I did keep moving up, moving up, moving up. And I worked with an awesome crew. I had an awesome crew in Virginia Beach. I mean, the managers that I worked with, I didn't, I didn't like all of them personally, but they were excellent, excellent at what they did. You know, they was excellent at what they did. And that is why we was able to take a $1 million store and turn it into a $2 million store. And I tell you guys that to say this, if you could do that for somebody else's business. If you're willing to grind, get up in the morning, be on time, be professional, give great customer service and make all the money you can make for that business because at the end of the year, you get a bonus, then you should do it for everybody. And the bonus that we was getting wasn't nothing. I mean, I was making decent money, but the bonus was only like $500 or a thousand. And even then, uh, your bonus was taxed. But imagine how hard the managers grind for the bonuses. Even if their bonus was three to five thousand, they grind all year to achieve it for somebody else. And like my store manager still got fired. Still got fired. So many people there who were great workers still got fired. They grind for somebody else, and because you didn't give it your all one year or whatever, you got fired. That's what it was. You got fired. So, you know, but that's business. So before I say anything negative about it, that's that's the real world. It's all about money. You know, what can you bring? You know, you're expendable. You're nobody. You are considered a dollar value. How much can you bring? How much can you help this business make? You're not the CEO. You know, you're not the person who started it. 
So that's something to think about. And when you are in your own business, if you're not making money, then you're doing something wrong. Then go to somebody and find out what you're doing wrong. Because here's here's a fact that nobody can dispute. If somebody already have a beauty supply and they are making between 100000 and 600000 a year, why can't you do it? It's being done. You're doing something wrong because it's being done. Somebody's already doing it. If they don't tell you anything and you go and study something for at least a year, model what they are doing, you're doing something wrong. Why aren't you making it? I mean, all the Asian shops who open up, they don't do a lot of advertising. Think about that. I'm telling you guys something I know. I'm not telling you nothing I heard. Some of them have online presence. Some of them don't. You can't buy nothing online. You have to walk in a store. So if they're able to make it, then please tell me why so many other people are opening up beauty supplies and failing. Then you're doing something wrong. Because if it has been done, another person can do it. When a person opened up Walmart, whoever thought about opening up Target, that's what they did. Walmart succeeded, so why couldn't they succeed with a Target? But make it a little different. Why not? Why not? I'm just saying that, guys, because I want you to know that whatever dream you have, at the end of the day, if it's something somebody else is doing, you can do it. You can do it. And you have to know that. Don't let anybody stop you from moving forward. I always tell you guys, sometimes family and friends could be the worst people in your life. Because they find a thousand reasons why you shouldn't do anything but work for somebody. And it is scary. I want you guys to know it is scary to get out here and try to start something when there's no blueprint to follow. But for me... The blueprint is the Asians. The blueprint is anybody, black, white, in between, who have started what I'm doing and have succeeded. And my proof shows me most of the places have succeeded. I I only know of a few beauty supplies that have completely closed down. A few. But that's a few in the masses. So it can be done. Um, let me guys, let me tell you something else. Um, you guys, that's a pro and a con in opening your own business is when you have to order merchandise because you are the one ordering the merchandise. So if you're not a person who know the retail side of it and you're not taking a daily stock of what you have and walking your store the same way you walk your business or your job for somebody else, then you're going to be all messed up. You know, one of the first things that you do, you come in early enough at your job and you walk the store, you see what needs to be done. You take a paper and a pad. At least that's how I was taught. So if you guys don't know, this is one of the things you can do every day. Take notice of what you do at your job. And like I said, one of the things you do, you come in your store and you survey it. You walk your store in a full circle. You look at everything that's going low. You look at everything that's been there that's not really moving because then you don't have to keep ordering the same stuff that's not moving or you don't order it in a mass in, in a mass amount because that's not what your customer base wants. They're not looking for that. So don't you reorder that. 
and you see what you need to stock up on. Uh, you also move your stuff around. If something's not selling in one spot, put it in another spot so people can see it. Because when people first come into your store, they come in and typically they walk to their right. If they walk to their right, then you know that's your main area of the store that people are looking at. And you switch your store around. You switch your store around because sometimes what you have in the back, people don't see. And you check your dates. You should be every week checking the dates on your product unless your product is fairly new. Then give it a couple of months and check the dates on all your product. Make sure your stuff is not going stale. Make sure that it, it, it still can sell. Make sure it's still relevant. And be up to date with everything. That's very important. You know, Get you a schedule when you're going to vacuum, when you're going to clean the bathroom, how late you're willing to stay. And, you know, put everything in order for from the, the least important to the most important. All that is going to play in you guys' favor because you want to be able to do your due diligence when it comes to your store. It is very important. Um... And the reason why I say that's a pro and a con, because when you and your business yourself, it falls on you as opposed as when you're at a job for somebody else, they already have an ordering system. You know, every time somebody scans something, it scans, it scans out, it orders in. But that's also for a big business that had terms with everybody. You know, folks are sending stuff in because everybody's getting paid every week. Um, That's great if you could do it. But because I come from a background where... I don't believe in credit like that. That may never work for me. I want to be a person that could purchase all of my stuff. I do not want to be a person that has 90% of my store on credit. I just don't want to. Because if I have a bad month, I still have to pay the people that's waiting for their money too. You know, um... There's a lot of ways, you guys, for you to um, get your merchandise without having to pay people monthly credit. I mean, and if you have to pay people monthly credit, then go the cheapest way you can go. They have that thing called quad pay. If you guys are unfamiliar with it, you know, a lot of people use it to buy shoes, like shoes they can't afford. You know, if there are some shoes that cost $100 and you know you really can't afford it, a lot of people um, use quad pay. They get quad pay and they make four installments, whether it's every two weeks, once a month, whatever it is, they make them little four installments and they get what they need. But learn to use these particular things to buy stuff for your business. If they have terms like that and you could afford $20 a month, then order what you need and pay them off in a month. But don't use your credit card and run up bills that you know you cannot afford. You know, don't do it. So for me, that's a pro pro and a con to it because if you're in a big box business, you know, you don't really, all you have to do is look at something, order it in. I mean, you ordering in thousands, thousands of dollars worth of stuff constantly, you know, but it's not your money. I mean, you know, we've watched, you guys, we've watched over the course of 24, Around 2015 to now, we've seen so many big box businesses fold and we've seen so many scale down, literally scale down. I'm going to tell you my model. I don't need anything that's 10,000 and 30,000 square feet. I will never, ever 
as long as I'm living and breathing and get something that big, um, I'm sure the more you have, you figure the more customers you can get. I understand that model. Not me. I'm in 1,000 square feet now, you guys. The most I'm going to do is another 1,000 square feet to 2,000, and that's it. But that's going to be my model. I've decided that small beauty supplies at 2,000 square feet, you can get a lot of merchandise in there. And if I don't have what you're looking for, then you definitely need to go somewhere else. You know, because I go in the Chinese beauty supplies or the Asian, excuse me, beauty supplies a lot. And what I typically look at is their product and I look at their dates and how long they things sit on their shelf. I'm making my business to go in there once a week to different ones. And I look another beauty supply that I go into and look is Sally. Sally has a lot of products. I've never seen any product on there that look old, outdated, wasn't checked. I never saw that. But a lot of Sally's went out of business. I mean, you guys could look that up and they're not like. I haven't been to a Sally's that's 20, 30,000 square feet and they're super clean. I like them, but they're too expensive. I like them. I'm just going to be honest with you. They're too expensive. And that's how the Asians is killing everybody because they're getting a product for pennies on a dollar and they could really price it how they want to price it. Sally's is a great beauty supply. Too expensive. I like salon centric. Too expensive. So, you know, a lot of people have a lot of different styles. I'm one of the beauty supplies, too, that have a different style. But my style is never to get as big as 10 and 20,000 square feet. You know, I don't want to be the biggest beauty supply. That's not the goal for me. The goal is to be one of the best, not the biggest. And I think that there's many ways that you can skim a cat. I think there's a thousand ways. <coughs> To skim a cat and get the same result. Um, let me try to think. Is there anything else? Yes. With the money. Now you know. When you work for somebody else. It's very important. That you're not over. Or you're not under. But here at my business. Um, I give myself a $20 overage. A $20 shortage. Because that's about the variance. That I want to give. Even when I hire an employee. Because I don't want to have to worry. About the till being over $5. $6. Sometimes I've learned in business. It's the computer system. Sometimes you do have a person stealing money. They can't count. They can't count. And when you're interviewing people. To keep discrimination away. You can't say excuse me. Can you count? No. You have to give some type of mathematical problem. As part of your interviewing process. So nobody could say, you know, you discriminated against them for some odd reason. So this is another reason why a lot of people are so proprietors like myself. Nobody wants to deal with that right now. But I am going to be hiring somebody. And when I do, you know, it's important that the people know how to count. But even if they do know how to count, errors happen. And it's not because people are stealing Errors happen and you don't want to have people writing them up and getting rid of them because they $10 over, especially if they're really good people that you could work with, you could train and you can help them through any of their issues. So for me, that's a plus is, um, I don't have that worry. We're at a business. It was that worry. I remember when my till was $22 short or 25 and the very next day the system reset itself and I was even, but I got a write-up. I mean, you could get a write-up for these things and you know, it's not worth it. 
it's not worth it. I've worked with money my, my entire life. So it's, it's, it's not worth it. And you can't live on pins and needles. I remember, again, so much happened to Goodwill. I guess that's why I'm using them. I remember when this young lady, you know, like every couple of days, she was... 50 cent over a dollar 35, 260, $5, you know, just crazy stuff, crazy amounts, crazy amounts of things. Never once did management ever think to retrain her. They never, um, you know, ma- management never worked with her to see how she was with numbers. You know, if she, if that was her thing, cause maybe being on the register wasn't her thing. Maybe she would have did better being, um, a, a pricer, uh, a tag hanger, uh, you know, going through the shoes, anything but the register, um, Goodwill fired you. They bring you in the office with a store manager, an assistant manager, or a supervisor, and fire you. They give you these write-ups, they talk to you crazy, and then they fire you. This, That's the truth. I've seen so many people get fired when they probably should have been working in, in a different department. Because contrary to what you believe, just because you 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 are looking for cashiers and you have people fill out all this information to be a cashier and you hire them, you have no idea who you're dealing with. Everybody is not meant to be a cashier. If they don't have some type of resume where that's all they've done for the last couple or whatever, then, you know, stop sticking everybody to be a cashier because you're in desperate needs. And then you have to refire them again. I mean, I'm a refire them. Fire them and look for somebody again. Like the cycle never ends. So that's one thing, you guys. So if you guys have any more questions, Please let me know. I'll be happy to answer any. This is Simone Faith at One Stop Beauty Supply. You guys have a great day.